In today's episode, we speak to Daniel Mangana. After receiving a late diagnosis of Asperger's and experiencing what can only be described as a life-shattering trauma at the age of 20, Daniel spent the next seven years struggling to keep those revelations and events from spilling into every area of his life. As a result of his struggles, Daniel built a simple four-step system called the Beyond Intention Paradigm. Through his motivational speech, Daniel shares his vision of empowerment and joy. The book he has authored is Do It With Dan, podcast series, which is available on all major platforms, and he's helped thousands of people across the globe. So we will find out how he shifted his mindset to get to where he is right now. Let's find out. Money Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame and blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. In this podcast, we will talk about energy tools and mindset strategies that will help you to understand and change your relationship with money, whether you're in a job, profession or working on your passion. Change your relationship with money to change your life. I'm your host, Gul Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. This is Gul Khan, your money mindset expert. And I help entrepreneurs to break free from the limiting beliefs, reverse their money shame and to blast through the money blocks so that they can live a life of limited abundance. And today I'm so excited. We're speaking to Daniel uh, Mangana. So welcome, Daniel. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I hope I haven't butchered your surname. No, it's okay. It's okay. It's still vegan. <laughs> Fabulous. So Daniel, tell everybody what you do and why am I so excited to be speaking to you today? Uh, you're so excited because we found out that we went to the same college and we're basically neighbours in different timelines. So um, that's really cool. Um, <laughs> so I'm Daniel Mangeta. Uh, I refer to myself as the Dreamer CEO. I basically empower people to live more abundant, joyful, purpose-driven lives. And I do that through a little thing I call alignment and choice. Um, so I do that through speaking, through books and some teaching and coaching. But yeah, that's what I'm all about, empowering people to live more abundant, joyful, purpose-driven lives. Fabulous, fabulous. So like you mentioned in that in, in, um, at the introduction, so we have just found out just before we pressed the record that Daniel and I actually went to the same uh, sixth form college, says George Mordek. So <laughs> anybody listening from there, welcome. <laughs> we got two uh, people here. And uh, <laughs> fabulous. So Daniel, tell us, how did you start this journey? How did you get to where you are? Because at the moment, you're not in London. You're actually not in UK at all. You've actually moved no. to uh, I, live, I live in paradise. Uh, you, yeah, compared to London, it is. So tell us, <laughs> tell us about your journey. Um, it's really interesting. I've got a bit of a Noah and the Whale story, which some people might understand the reference to. I didn't actually choose to do this. I had a very successful project funding and project management business that I built yeah. up from scratch. We're doing really, really well. My partners and I were doing an average six figures a month. It was, you know, pleasant, pleasant life. And then the work that I've been doing on myself, I've been, I've been personal development since around the time I was at Monarchs, actually. Ah, um, I've always been into me. personal development. So really? Yeah, I've always been into personal development and um, my personal development mindset kind of turned into the more esoteric stuff about 18 years ago, into the more esoteric side of it, mm-hmm. really getting deep into visualization. And then basically I used that and I built up a really successful business, then went to crap, completely went to crap. This is when I was about 19 or 20. Um, mm-hmm. so I lost everything very promptly, but I was 
undeterred at all. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to go and do it again. So it took me a couple of years, but I managed to build up another fortune again and then mm-hmm. <laughs> lost everything again. <laughs> of course. <laughs> As you do. And at that point, I kind of gave up. I'd, I'd given up after the second loss. So I gave up. By this time, I'm 23, 24. And uh, the only reason why I didn't commit suicide at that time is because I'd actually got to the point where I thought, well, if I fail, then I'm going to have failed at something else. Mm-hmm. And if I get, so basically, this was my thought process, G. I was like, if I do it wrong and somebody finds me, then I'm going to look like I'm going for attention. And I was like, I just don't want to fail at something else. So the only reason why I didn't try is because I didn't have a surefire way. Of oh, committing suicide. Committing suicide, yeah. <laughs> okay, so, that's, it's, that's, it's, it's funny for me to look back at it. Yeah, but it's like, not, like, yeah, the thought, yeah. Well, can, I, can you imagine? Uh, so I, I laugh about it now because I basically overanalyzed. Someone told me this, my mate said, do you know what? I just realized it. I goes, what? He said, you overanalyzed yourself out of suicide. <laughs> I said, yeah, I did. <laughs> okay. One benefit of overanalyzing, isn't it? One benefit of overanalyzing. Anyway, so what happened was, is that the model that I put together up until that time of how I sort of shaped and framed everything that I'd learned mm-hmm. was something I called vision, purpose, faith, and gratitude. Okay. And so vision, purpose, faith, gratitude meant have a very clear vision about what you want. Mm-hmm. Act with purpose mm-hmm. and purposefully every day to mm-hmm. move towards it do so with faith and certainty, and then be grateful for everything that goes right. Mm-hmm. And it worked really well, except by now I was like, have I been lying to myself and just making up this whole thing in my head? Have I been living in a delusional? Mm. Because that's what I basically got to the point where that's what I was being told where, you know, you've been lying to yourself. Like you, have you ever really succeeded at anything? And mm. if you'd succeeded, maybe you would have kept it. You know, it, it doesn't count if, it, if it's gone. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, I've just, I've spent my entire life basically believing something that's not true. Mm -hmm. All that visualizing was I just basically daydreaming, Mm -hmm. you know, all that positive thinking was I putting my head in the sand and all of these doubts. And and as you know, as well as I do, when you're in this kind of stuff, you really have to commit to it completely. Mm -hmm. And so I was in this place where I was like, has this complete commitment just been a big farce, basically? Mm. So how did you overcome that then? Well, this is the really funny thing. A little, a really tiny voice in the back of my head said, we have to do this as in commit suicide. But the only way that we're going to do it is if we learn how to do it. And it was actually that thought that kind of shifted me back from all of this thing about it, all all of the things not working. Because in the back of that thought, it was, hang on a minute, I have to depend on me in order to successfully pull this off. And then another thought kind of flowed on from that. It was, I am the underlying piece to this puzzle coming together. And then it, it wasn't really firmly done in that moment. Cause this was like over a couple of hours that this initially had happened. Mm-hmm. But then what happened is, is that I became very obsessed with working out how to do this properly. But I also became very obsessed with making, with finding out what had gone wrong because I didn't want to fail. I, I wanted to find it. out what had gone wrong with what I was doing before. Mm. And so there were these kind of half-baked thoughts. I was in this really fugue state and I was there for a few months really and then when in, what ended up happening is was this that that seed became the first step of the reinvention of my model, which is now beyond intention, which has been successfully changing mine and other people's lives for about twelve years. Mm-hmm. It was I'm the common denominator in this experience and every other experience. Yeah, it's not the model that went wrong. I'm the common denominator. What's happening with me? And I went back to my inner work and pulled apart everything that I'd looking I was I was studying before. 
new books were coming out. I read The Power of Now and some other stuff that came out around that time. Mm -hmm. The Secret got popularized. I was already studying universal law, Mm -hmm. but I was looking at The Secret and looking at not why it works. I was actually looking at why it's not going to work so that I could understand where I had made mistakes before. And so I went on a journey basically to successfully commit suicide, but actually ended up successfully finding out why my model that had worked to a point hadn't completely worked and the suicide kind of just flitted away. I didn't actually make the choice not to do that anymore. <laughs> I just got so obsessed with my new admission, I kind of forgot about it. So and by the time I'd remembered then, about it... Yeah. <laughs> you would be beyond committing suicide. I was anyway. beyond it by the time I'd remembered about it. So this takes a lot of courage. I mean, first of all, actually, I mean, because I think this, we, we, as we're saying this with tongue in cheek, but I know because I've been suicidal and I have been as a, as a teenager, I went through a depression stage. And I remember, and I don't, I don't share this very often at all with people. I don't know why, but I don't. It's just some part of my life that I've, I, I sort of brushed to one side. You, you talking mm-hmm. about it hasn't reminded me that, but I know you get to the point where you get so focused on just, you know, making sure that, that that's all you think about how to do it, how to do it properly without, um, you know, my, my thoughts, if I, if I miss, I'm going to get lots of slaps from my mom. <laughs> <laughs> exactly all of those all of that stuff right so i remember that i remember thinking that at 13 like if i, if I don't do this correctly i'm gonna get a lot of steps right <laughs> so, um so thanks uh, mom yeah, yeah thanks i honestly that's <laughs> that, that now looking back in time but i mean I mean, as we can joke about it, but that takes a lot of, um, I think that's a blessing for you that when you are at the bottom, it, all you can do is go up. Mm-hmm. And what, by the sounds of it, what happened with you in the process of working out, okay, how am I going to kill myself? Uh, you actually pulled yourself out of the rut. Instead of, yeah. think, instead of focusing on the rut, the problem happens with a lot of people. They're focused on the, the they're in a rut, they're in a hole. How do I get out? You weren't mm-hmm. focused about it. You're like, okay, how do I bury myself in this hole? And you managed to get <laughs> out. So, <laughs> Talk us through the thought process. What happened after this? So how did you, I mean, now that you've worked out, okay, what was, you know, and obviously the secret, by the way, is amazing and it popularized the idea of law of attraction, but Definitely. it also gave the misguided idea of everything just falls into your lap. You just think about it and it falls into your lap, which is not mm-hmm. true at all. Mm-hmm. How did you go about then actually implementing those principles, which you were aware of, but, mm-hmm. you know, who, which the universe has shown to you, okay, so you know the principles. Can you have faith? Can you build on it? And this is pretty much what I think it happened to you in that, in that period. The universe was testing you. Okay, you know it. You've tested it. Can you see it? You know, can you really believe in it? Mm-hmm. So what did you do next? What, how did you implement those principles in your life and change your life? Because now, you're, you know, you are doing amazingly well. You are living um, a life of dream. You're living in paradise compared to London. So what happened? <laughs> do you know what? It's really funny because... I, I didn't actually stop and breathe about it right. until like really stop and soak it in until about until February 13th, 2018. That was when I really stopped and was like, oh, wow, that's what's actually happened. Mm. And by then I'd, I'd built up, my business had, had been built up, which I started a few years after all this happened and was doing really, really well. And then I, I was in a relationship that wasn't working. Mm-hmm. I then found out after the fact that it was, it was a bit of a funny one. She'd only sort of, I think she was kind of thought it was going to be like a quick hookup, but then it took her a little bit longer than she thought to get me into bed. And then it kind of turned out that she only was interested in me because her mate was interested in me. But by then it, she kind of got caught up in it. And then all it her friends on, basically. 
Sorry? It's a relation dragged on more than it was. It kind of dragged on accidentally on her part. And then, like, she was after the she'd like, look, I don't even want to be in this relationship. <laughs> she, she had, there was like a load of things that, anyway, it was a funny, funny situation. Mm. But all of that sort of happened. And I was, I, I was, in a, I was on a, a meditation retreat from one of my teachers, Dr. Joe Dispenza, um, mm. in the States. And it was about six. I love Dr. Joe Dispenza, by the way. So I absolutely love him to bits. Yeah, he's Amazing. a cool guy. I did tequila shots of him once. So I'll, I'll send you the pictures. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was, it was like six, eight in the morning. We're doing something called a walking meditation. It was February in Santa Fe, New Mexico. It's very, 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 very cold. As in right. hot pockets, long johns, thick socks, gloves, the works. It was really ice on the ground. And I'm doing this walking meditation. And I had this visual, visceral, visual experience of seeing a different version of my life. Mm-hmm. But the, the doorway to getting through to that vision of my life was complete acceptance and actual gratitude for everything. Now, this is the thing. I've been talking about gratitude up until that time. One of the key differences between Beyond Intention, what I teach now, and Vision, Purpose, Faith, Gratitude, what I'd lived before, was that before gratitude came after the fact, but now gratitude comes before. It's right? a prerequisite. I agree. It's it's, prerequisite, it comes first, yeah. Which is one of the things that I realized was part of the, the incorrect code. The, that I had to the cart before the horse kind yeah, of thing. Just yeah. Put that the other way around. And, but I, and I'd been, I'd been living that by then I'd been living it for nine, 10 years. I'd been living beyond intention as it'd been building over time. Yeah. I realized I'd been grateful for most of it. And then the bits I didn't feel I could be grateful for, I kind of just ignored. So Brushed I just ignored. Yeah. I just, I just brushed them under the carpet. But in that moment, I was actually able to be completely teared, teary-eyed, grateful for everything, for losing my businesses, for, uh, for the shame of everything going wrong. And I, I can't explain it. There's, there's no real way to explain it. I was just there and I was like, I'm so freaking grateful that all of that happened because I understand completely here yeah. now. Had I not been through all of that crap, I wouldn't be right here right now. And I was just in so much gratitude and so much awe. And that's when it clicked in. And that's when I said, you know what? Because I'd been dancing around doing what I do now since the year before there was this whole thing with um like people kept saying hey you know are you ever going to write a book about your your beyond intention you know because i was kind of sharing ad hoc with people i wasn't taking it seriously i thought about starting a podcast i was going to do a business podcast but now i sat down and i said no i'm going to do it i'm going to write the book that i've been writing for nine years by that mm. time i'd done about four drafts i kept starting and stopping and it was funny sounds very um, familiar by the way <laughs> <laughs> So all of this, and then I was like, do you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. And so I, I, I told, I told Foz, look, I'm, 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 I'm closing the business down. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm giving in to this four percent. I looked at my savings. I'm like, well, this is what I've got to to, to go on. Mm. Um, we were in the middle of buying the house in the UK, and I was like, uh, you know, want to just sort of go. You pulled out. Yeah, pulled out. And we were living. We were living. We were renting. So we we're going to be buying from the from the the landlord. Her husband was a twat anyway, so I didn't mind. She was lovely, but her husband was a twat, so I wasn't unhappy that I didn't have to deal with him anymore. Is it, is it interesting to hear the word twat? <laughs> <laughs> only an English person would say that, by the way. Exactly. I say that? There was a, I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying hearing, hearing the English accent and also being able to use words without having to explain it. Um, what does that mean? My wife's Russian-American, so it's even worse. Because she's like, <laughs> she, English isn't even her first language. So I'll say things that she's like, what? Like, oh, don't worry about it. So, I am, as a, as yeah, a fellow East Londoner, we'll not we'll understand. We'll not, 
the same lingo. We'll understand we're each same, other. We're on the same page. We got it. We got it. And any of the listeners um, not understanding, UrbanDictionary.com will cover most of it. For everything else, <laughs> ask G. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, but that was that was that was it. I just went off, um, went on the road. I came back to the UK for a wedding, but other than that, well, we were sort of bouncing around, and just I was just teaching my work hopping on podcasts started getting the first book together mm-hmm. and then uh, beyond intention ended up actually being released finally last september oh, but, congratulations um, yeah 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 so that was um that was pretty cool amazing amazing so now pulling out from you know buying a home picking up your life approaching yourself and moving across across literally across the pond and mm-hmm. going and living in mexico forget english-speaking country like the us like a lot of people do you know there are lots of expats in in america but actually mexico what kind of mindset does that require and what kind of self-belief does that require that you know what I, i've got this now coming back to the um, point of bag you know, i know that you, you were grateful for everything that happened in the past that allowed the your you know for your demons for the past to be rested after i've been there done them myself i i'm very grateful for everything that happened in my life good and bad and, and ugly everything alike so I know how powerful that is, yet it still takes a lot of courage to mm-hmm. just uproot your life, mm-hmm. have the gumption, make the decision that I'm going to do this and have the gumption to stick to it and go across the pond and then actually build a life like you've, you've built a life now. Mm-hmm. What goes through your mind and how did you maintain your, you know, your sanity and not go crazy with, oh, what if, what if, what if, and how and what and where, etc. I would say that those things come from doubt. Yeah. Do. certainty and you know tony robbins who i know you know um <laughs> yeah, tony robbins is a big thing is like certainty right certainty is the thing that carries us through we only really experience that which we're certain of because what we're what we're living is the playing out of what we were certain of yeah. so what we've mentally rehearsed accidentally or deliberately is what Becomes shows up yeah. everything that's in our life now started as a thought that became a vision that then became a reality. Exactly. But when we have doubt, we basically cloud that vision, lose a certainty, disrupt the mental rehearsal, and it doesn't show up. So I was really blessed in that um, I'd had that visceral experience. Mm. So I had a pattern to go on. So the doubt wasn't really there. You had the now, certainty instead. I had certainty instead. Mm. And also I had leverage because I knew what it felt like. It was a really visceral experience, like a whole body experience. So I knew what yeah. I was shooting for. Yeah. It's so what I call you. Yeah, I, I do. Cause I, I call that emotional memory. So you yes. already had the emotional memory of mm-hmm. that, um, of the, that new reality. And that mm-hmm. is what pulled you, fur, you know, forward and created yeah. the external reality for you. So I, I, I totally believe in that. I'm always talking about, you know, creating that emotional memory first, and that allows you to be you know, grateful for it be first before it shows up for you. Because exactly. emotional memory and the gratitude has to be present prior to actually showing up in the 3D world. Completely makes sense. Mm-hmm. But when you were traveling, when you moved, you mentioned you've got your, your, your wife. Were you married then at the time or did you get married no, later? No, no, no. So <laughs> I'm wondering, I'm just thinking, how would you pick up your, you know, how would your wife agree to going off? No, no. So that relationship died on the course of the journeys. She finally was like, look, I need to be honest with you. (laughs) Anyway, then we were supposed to try and work it out. And then I went on a trip and I came back and she'd run away. And then she, it was, it was a very, that was a funny, that was a whole funny situation. By the sounds of it, it seems to be part of your growth. So that relationship, I mean, people are there to teach us. I I really believe people are there to teach us. Yeah, I mean, for for me, it was like, um, and I wrote about this a little bit in my book, not too much and not my name either. When you're okay with people being who they are 
yeah. and you're just focused on being the best version of yourself. You can not waste energy being like overanalyzing or getting yeah. too much into why people do what they do. There were red flags about who that person was along the way. Mm-hmm. There was so, so, so many. And the pieces that were init- that were actually like confessed to by the end, I kind of knew, but I, I was so caught, cool. I, I personally was so caught up doing what I was doing. I hadn't really sort of really gone into, gone yeah. into it. And at the end of the day, I was trying to end it on good terms for a year. And it was, no, let's get counseling. Let's do this. Let's do that. And then uh, I actually had an epiphany and it was the epiphany that I wrote about in my book that I realized why energetically I was still resonating at the frequency of that relationship. Mm. So that even though I knew like, dude, you, you're not happy here. Like we'll still be mm. friends. There's no, it doesn't have to be a messy thing. Right. We can just, we can just end it. You can go yeah. and do something else. No, 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 it's not that it's this and that and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. So, okay, cool. Whatever. But when we have enough love and respect for ourselves, even when people give us stories, we'll still stand by the conviction of what we know is right and exactly. what serves us in the situation, yeah. which I wasn't doing. Mm. I was, my head was in the sand about certain things because of the fact that I was addicted to the payoff of being in that relationship. And the second, I, I think there's also the fact that, that you're a nice guy. I think this is, this is, this point is missed by a lot of people. If you're a nice person, you are trying to be nice all the time. And you're living up to this idea that you have to be a good person. And yeah. so in, in that process, you sort of shoot yourself in the foot because yeah. you're trying to do things nicely mm-hmm. um, because that's part of your character. I think this is part of it as well. It's not just the fact that you're resonating the energy. What I'm picking up as an energy healer is just that you're, because you're so nice, you don't want to be mean. Uh, and to be honest, I <laughs> yeah. was like, I remember when we're, there was a time when we were in Norway and it was not a very nice week at all to, to the point where the, the, it was my friends that were staying with and my friend was like, I, this is really terrible the way you're being treated. I can't really, I can't yeah. really, are you sure? But I was like, well, you know, we're in the middle of nowhere. It's okay. You know, when we go to the airport, maybe I'll have a talk with her, but I don't want to ruin the week and blah, blah, blah. So I think sometimes we can be a softy and think that we're being nice. But the yes. reason why we're being a softy is because we, we haven't stepped into respecting ourselves enough in order to, yes. to behave differently. Yeah. You can be firm and have boundaries without being nasty. You can Agreed. be loving. Agreed. Be nice Agreed. Agreed. And I think that sometimes we end up um, experiencing aspects of life or versions of life or all that good stuff of life because we're not understanding or we've got this distorted idea that being firm or having boundaries means I can't be a nice person. There are people in relationships that don't work. There are people in jobs that don't serve them. Mm-hmm. There are people holding on to things in their life because they think that they're being nice or, oh, I don't want to be a nasty person. When actually you're not even serving you and you're not serving no, them. No, no, no. That, that's where clarity comes in and, and being sure of who you are comes in. Definitely. But I, I think that there's, there's, I mean, I know that, um, but you have to be firm. I think mm-hmm. this is this is when the respect for yourself and your own boundaries is of the utmost importance. And I think that's that's where clarity comes in. When you're clear about your character and who you are and what you desire. I think a lot of people are confused and mm-hmm. you know, then they don't want to be mean and horrible because they're a nice person. So this this that sort of all, all comes into it. But that's just that's your past relationship. Tell me, so how did you meet your your future partner then your at, wife? At a meditation retreat. Oh lovely. And the funny thing was is that I wasn't like hitting her and hitting on her or anything. I just kept seeing her every day. And it's really funny. I don't really add people on Facebook, but somehow I added her on Facebook because we've, we've got like a whole online community for um, a Facebook thing for our online community. 
And I think I did it by accident. I think I added her by accident to Facebook because we've got common friends because I didn't deliberately do it because I don't add strangers on Facebook, but somehow we're friends on Facebook. Her birthday is three days before my birthday. So I always tell people happy birthday. Like I always send a personal happy birthday message to everyone on Facebook. So I sent her a personal happy birthday message. It's like, oh, happy birthday and whatever. And then I ended up meeting her in person the next day at the meditation retreat. Mm. I didn't even know she was going to be there. So I had a problem with my hotel room. She had a problem with her hotel room. So we're both in the lobby. And I was like, oh, I think we're friends on Facebook. She's like, oh, yeah, we are. And we spoke for a few minutes. And I was like, bye. And, and I went. I thought that was going to be the end of it. You know, 1,200 people normally don't see people. Is, is this that Dr. Joe Dispenza's yeah, retreat? Yeah, Dr. Joe event. Yeah, I've got that coming, by the way. <laughs> That's another story. <laughs> it was, I, was, I was supposed to go in November this year. Oh, and, yeah, that they cancelled yeah. it. No, I, well, I, I booked it for, it was in March, um, end of March in Spain. They then postponed it to October, to June in Spain. Yeah. Then they postponed it to October in Spain. And then, then, then I thought the London one came up. I booked that one. Now the London one from November this year has been postponed to November 2021. So I'm trying to wow. chase this retreat. But I know, you know, I know they're, 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 they're quite intense and they are life changing. So when you are going through something like that, no wonder because you uplifted your energy and your mindset in the process, you're able to attract this amazing woman into your life and vice versa. She attracted you into hers because you're letting go of your past. Mm-hmm. That's what it seems to be the case. New timelines. I mean, I, uh, now, I mean, I've been doing Dr. Doe events for about four or five years now. Mm-hmm. When I first used to do them, there were like five, 600 of us, maybe six, 700 of us. And, you know, there was MTC, so everybody knew each other. Now, like I went to one in Dubai in January of this year. Mm. It was like 1,500 people, 1,600 people. I was like, mm. I didn't know anybody. It was really, really weird. So, <laughs> But um, now they sell out in like 10 minutes. It's um, Yeah, I remember trying to buy one. It was crazy. <laughs> but it was crazy. I'm glad to him. He's a really great guy. Um, he's doing really great work. It's a beautiful community. Really, really cool people, so. Awesome. 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 So in conclusion, what would be the tip that you give to somebody who's listening to this and saying, well, you know what, I, I, you know, I'm on this journey of learning and exploring more about myself. And, you know, I, you know, I'm trying to get my mindset in order and I'm trying to, you know, get this business off the ground. What advice would you have for, you know, for someone who's actually been through the same as you, a success, who's tasted success and then failure, success and then failure, which is a common thread for most successful people, by the way. But, you know, (laughs) but when you're going through it, it seems like, you know, you're taking one step forward and 10 steps back. What advice would you have for that individual? Just deal with one step at a time. So I teach a principle called micro shifting Mm -hmm. and micro shifting is taking a consistent series of baby steps in the direction of a consciously chosen outcome. So there's consistency, consistency, Mm-hmm. baby steps and consciously chosen you bring those together and just take it one day at a time one choice at a time one instance at a time and just keep asking yourself what is something that i know i can do in the direction of where i know i want to go and take that step the resistance disappears uh, that the new momentum builds um, the new habits build and the new life comes awesome 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 now where can we find you daniel on the internet on the internet best place is my website dreamwithdan.com Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also Dreamer CEO on um, on Instagram and Twitter. Wonderful, wonderful. For those listening, um, all these links that Dan's just mentioned will be on the show notes. If you if you you don't have to squat them right now, jot them around now. You can actually go back, look at the show notes, and the links will be there present for you. And then you can go and get in contact with Dan, which I definitely think you should because he's an amazing guy. Not because I'm biased, because he's from my hometown. He's, <laughs> he's from my part of the country, <laughs> because he is amazing and he is a lots of fun to be with. And I, I've uh, I've I've seen his journey. 
and he is phenomenal so do check him out thank you thank so you. much Dan for being with us I'm sure we'll have you back at some, at some point discussing some other aspect of probably Joe Dispenser actually probably um, something to do with him or something else but it's been a phenomenal conversation thank you for being here thank you so much for having me really really appreciate it Thank you, Dan. And for those listening, thank you so much for joining me on another another, um, inspiration journey. I will be back on another Feature Friday to sharing another amazing person sharing how they now have tapped into their abundance by shifting their mindset. Until the next time we meet, this is Girl Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website, www.golkhan.com. That's G-U-L-L-K-H-A-N.com. And if you want to take part in our five-day millionaire mindset makeover challenge, where I deep dive into energy tools for abundance, then please go to www.millionairemindsetmakeover.com and register. I look forward to being your mentor in our next five-day challenge. Until the next time we meet, this is Girl Khan. Take care and bye for now.